Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. I'm opening up our mail. Happy Easter to you guys. Glad you guys are here. Here to celebrate Easter together. I want to start off with uh, some good news. I know many of you saw that uh, Heaven had her car stolen. And we had started a GoFundMe to raise some money so that she could buy a new car. Well, some people have actually donated a car to her, but the car is in need, so the money that has been raised can be used to help fix that car, keep it running. And so, um, again, thank you to everyone who gave money towards that. Uh, Thank you to the people who donated the car um, and for, again, Rick's family kind of making that happen. So that's good news. We're thankful for that, you know. Um, I'll say that. I'll share that later. I'm thinking what I was going to say to that, but again, grateful. And I hope you guys have a a wonderful day today. Um, It's not going to be a long talk this morning. Everyone's like, yay. Um, I know we have family to get to, and I want you guys to be able to get to your family, enjoy time with them, and so we want to be mindful of that. I know I've got kids. I've got to get a ham in the smoker uh, this afternoon, and so uh, hopefully this will be a time where we get to enjoy our family as well as have some time here where we enjoy one another. But before we get started, good morning. We're going to pause, and we are going to pray, and we are going to lean into what is here for us this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, we join in with churches all over the world to celebrate your life in us, to celebrate resurrection, to celebrate the God who lives. And it is our prayer that as we take this time and set it aside for this message to penetrate our hearts, that it would do just that, that it would not only bring life to us and revive us, but would encourage us to lean into that life more and more. We are grateful for your blessings. We are grateful for your grace and your mercy and this time we have with one another. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, good morning, and thank you guys for being here, for taking this time to be here. I wore a white shirt, white shoes for Easter. Uh, I don't know. 
was going to wear my white. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the pants. Um, but again, it's good to be here together. Uh, you know, thank you again to everyone who supports Genesis. Those of you watching online, I know many of you don't come here, but you continue to give so that we can be here and meet and keep things going and appreciate that as well. Um, you know, it was 15 years ago on an Easter Sunday morning that Genesis began officially. We were meeting like a Bible study, but we had our first Sunday service 15 years ago. And it took place at a house in the backyard of John and Tammy Ellis. And I forget how many people there, but it was pretty crowded. And it was very windy. Um, in fact, it was so windy, we said we can't do this again out here in Rancho uh, at the time. And so we have since that time met at different places. We met at homes. We've met at two different schools. We met at parks. We met at recreation center. All those times, and then we now meet here. A, a lot has happened to us, to me, to you, in 15 years. A lot of things have changed, and I've thought about the different things that have taken place. I, I thought about when we started this work. I remember that first Sunday morning, we were getting together and praying, and it was Gil, it was Alex Saldana, Danny Whaley, uh, and John Ellis, I think. Is my missing? Who? Val. Val, were you there in that prayer meeting at the beginning? I know you were at the meeting. You were there Sunday morning, but in our time where we prayed before, I remember you know, being all excited. People were there, and I'm like, you guys ready? You ready for this? And I don't know who it was who said to me, are you ready for this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And if I would have known what I know now, back then, I would have said, no, I'm not. I'm not ready for this. And if I would have known what I know now, back then, I don't know if I would have stepped forward into it because of all the things that take place, all, all the difficulty, the things that we have gone through, the, the hurt that I've seen uh, that's taken place that have impacted me, you know, the people who've hurt one another in marriages and in friendships, uh, the doing memorial services for the people who have died and being close to people and being with people as they're dying. I'm sorry, I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> happy Easter, everybody. Um, I don't think any of us can take into account what the future is going to hold. And so there's no way we can say, yeah, I'm ready for the future because I don't know what it's going to take. And thank God we don't know because all I could do was take that day at that time, enjoy that day at that time. And I enjoy this day for this time, you know. And we have more people now who watch and listen online than we do who attend, where it used to be the other way around. And I still hope for more people to come, but even the thought about what I want to take place has shifted. You know, what, what church looks like has changed in my mind and in my life as I kind of understand, I think, a little bit more what Jesus was communicating. I, I want to 
to be more like that. I want to see more of that take place. And it is very communal and it is very intimate and it is about people being together more than it is people gathering to a place and listening. It's about participating in life with one another. My role as pastor has changed as well. Even though I don't think I've ever held this role with an authoritative bent, I recently read something by Rachel Held Evans in her book, Searching for Sunday, that captures some of what I have been sensing and what I kind of want to share this morning with you. And I want to quote this from her book. It says, I often wonder if the role of the clergy in this age is not to dispense information or guard the prestige of their authority, but rather to go first, to volunteer the truth about their sins, their dreams, their failures, and their fears in order to free others to do the same. Such an approach may repel the masses looking for easy answers and flawless leaders, but I think it might make more disciples of Jesus, and I think it might make healthier, happier pastors. There is a difference, after all, between preaching success and preaching resurrection. Our path is the muddier one. Preaching resurrection assumes within it there is death. And in Genesis, the community here, there has been death and resurrection throughout these 15 years. In my and your life, there has been forms of death and resurrection. Things that we held on to that we've had to let go. Things that have hurt us, wounded us, that we've had to deal with. I was thinking about all the instances in Scripture where even those who were close to Jesus, couldn't wrap their minds around him being alive after the crucifixion. When the women go to the tomb and the angel, they think it's a gardener. And when they go and tell the disciples, you know, what had happened, Peter and the others thought they were out of their mind. They, they thought it was nonsense. Of course, there's Thomas, who doubted. There's those who are on the road to Emmaus who, for some reason, could not see Jesus. But there is one passage in Scripture that I want to read that really has caught my attention that I found interesting, and it's in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 16, it says, "'The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them.'" When they saw him, Jesus, they worshiped, but some doubted. Then Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, did you catch that in verse 17? Where he shows up, they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And what's even more interesting than some doubted is that he goes on and even tells those who doubted what to do. He doesn't say, whoa, 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 you guys are still doubting? 
Hey, come on, what do I have to do to convince you? There is no lingering in their doubt. It's just, he lets them sit in the doubt, but then he says, this is what I want you to do. So even to those who are doubting, he still gives them directions on how to follow. I don't know about you, but I find that so comforting because there are times, truthfully, that I doubt. There are times that I doubt God cares. There are times that I doubt God hears. Now I can say, well, I know that's not true, but there are times that I doubt. It just does not feel like it. it I don't see it in my life. I don't sense it. There, there is an emotional void of where this idea of, no, I have faith. And I know there are people who always say, I never doubt and I do. Great, I'm happy for you. Really, I am. It's not me. I question, I wonder. And you see, I don't think this faith is about never having to question. I think this faith is about be willing to wrestle with the question forever. And to be okay with that. Maybe it's just me, but I think sometimes I have to convince people to see things the way I do before... I ask them to to move forward with me. Do you guys agree with me? Everything okay? Okay, now let's take the next step. But maybe one of the problems we have is that we think that believing in something is the same as agreeing with something. How could the disciples move forward together without first dealing with these doubters? But they did. And once again, the way we use the word believe betrays what I think we see often in Scripture. We use the word believe and thinking as if they were interchangeable. I believe that God exists. I believe that God created the world. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But when we see belief or believe in the Bible, try to think of it more as trust than having this cognitive understanding, right? That would totally make possible what these disciples were going through as they doubted, yet they still were told to follow what Jesus said. I don't get this. This doesn't make sense, but I'm being asked to still follow. That resonates with my life. I don't get these things. I don't understand, but I'm still asked to follow. Remember the man whose son was convulsing and foaming at the mouth, and he was brought to Jesus. And Jesus said, all things can be done for the one who believes. And the father says, he cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. What he wasn't saying is, you know, I have 80% certainty in what you're saying, but the 20%, I need you to help get to make that 100%. What he was saying is, It's hard for me to trust you right now because of how I feel and the circumstance I am in. And know what? That was okay with Jesus. He met him where he was at with his 80%, 20%, 30%, 70%, whatever it was, however much he could hold on to, he still was saying, help me to trust you, Jesus. Because right now, I just can't muster it up. 
And I love that those who doubted and the man who says, I don't have the trust, were still met with Jesus at that point. The father needed help letting go. It was out of his control. He had to trust Jesus with his son. And there's been so many times I know in my life I've had to do those things where I just don't feel like it. It doesn't seem like it's going to work and I've had to lean into it. And sometimes it ends better than others. Sometimes it's just hard. And sometimes I doubt, but I'm still here trusting. At the Passover, when Jesus broke bread with his disciples, he said, take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say, do this or believe in this, but do this. Put this into practice in remembrance of me. Not think about this, not teach this in remembrance of me. Do this. Break bread together in remembrance of me. It's not the same as I'm going to talk about breaking bread. It's not the same as when you actually break bread, right? Went to a Mexican restaurant the other day. Let's talk about having chips and salsa. No, I'm going to eat chips and salsa. Do this. Partake in it. Let it be tangible, even with your doubt. Let it be something that you work with and through in your life. And I think the same thing is true about the resurrection. Does it matter if we believe the resurrection took place if we deny it with our lives? Yeah, I think it happened. But you see, I I deny the resurrection every time I choose to ignore the needs of those around me when I have the means to help. I deny the resurrection every time I choose bitterness over forgiveness. I deny the resurrection when I pursue power over instead of peace with. I deny the resurrection every time I choose a way that does not look like Jesus. And then the same is true. I affirm the resurrection when I choose to heal instead of to kill. I choose to mend instead of destroy. I affirm the resurrection every time I choose to love instead of hate. I choose the resurrection every time I choose to live instead of want more. It's about how we are living into this. And and I love this because I no longer have to try and convince people This is why you need to believe. Let me bring out these books that talk about certainty. You know, from a historian perspective, all the information about the resurrection could be put on one desk. All the pages that have any information could fit on one desk. We don't even have certainty on what happened with the assassination of JFK. And we've got monuments and monuments of information. We've got movies and more movies and documentation and all these things, and we still question what happened. And then we have this one 
desk full of information. You think I'm going to get certainty out of all this? Do you think that is the point of resurrection, is that you have certainty that this happened? I think the point of resurrection is that it brings life into us as we trust and as we lean into it. I can't prove something to you. I can't prove it to myself except living into it. So my point, my my desire isn't to prove something to you because I don't know how your life is going to shape and move. I don't know what things are going to happen to you that are going to cause questions and hurt and maybe doubts. I don't think belief is about holding that information always in the same stance. I think it's about wrestling in the trust that we have. And I think somehow, in some way, God shows up in that wrestling and in that trust, just like he has in my life and in your life over the past 15 years, just as he's done in our community over the past 15 years. I I, I think it's shown up, and I, I trust God with my life in a different way than I used to. I used to have so much more certainty than I do now. Oh, it was so nice to be oblivious to all the questions I have now but I can't deny who I am and how I feel. And I'm not going to live a life of pretend. And I'm not going to stand here in front of you and say, yes, this is how I think if it's not the way I think. And that's why I think what Rachel Evans said resonated with me so much. I, I, I will go first. I, I struggle. I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. I'm here and I'm trusting. But boy, sometimes I struggle. Sometimes it's hard. Jesus does not require us to have the right information, but to follow. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go make disciples. Teaching them to what? Observe, to put into practice all the things I've taught you. Put into observance. Trust. Do. If you doubt, it's okay. I'm here not to assure you of an event, but to encourage you to trust in the God who loves you, who gave his life for you and who lives so that we can live also. And in some way, I believe he meets us there. I believe he shows up and makes himself known. How and in what way, I can't tell you. But where else am I gonna go? He has the words of life. And they sustain me. Even when I doubt. Let's pray. Lord, may we believe. Not with cognitive understanding, but with faith that trusts. And does. May we not only hear what you say, but may we live it.
May the life that you give be seen in the life that we live. Lord, I am grateful for the years I have had here with this community at Genesis. I am grateful for the people who have journeyed through the death and resurrections that I have had, that we have had as a community, and how we still grope forward to to reach out for you and how you still meet us. I'm grateful for the closeness that I have now with so many. Lord, I pray that that continues to grow and develop. May we learn how to better trust you and lean into this community with that trust with one another. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. May the same spirit that raised Christ bring life to our mortal bodies. And may we trust in him for this life. God bless you guys. Have a happy Easter. Hope you have a wonderful day with your family. Again, thanks for being with us. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.